Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Tis I, Colton Robertson, and this is the 129th episode of our show, but it's the first edition of Mutants Monthly. I am joined by Aurora Carter. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you so much. I'm. This is literally the first podcast I feel comfortable in. So yeah. <laughs> the one you feel the most uh, authorized to, to speak on. Yes, there's no Avengers. There's no Loki. There's X Men. Great X Men. X Men is the shit. Uh, and uh, since this is our first episode, I want to get a little bit of background love for our a little bit of background on our love for the X Men before we jump into it. Our topic at hand today is Professor X and Magneto. We'll have a you know a little bit of a a monthly episode. You know, a new mm-hmm. topic each one. It's going to be a lot of fun as we as we get further and further and I'll. We we put together a little uh, watch and reading list. It was a lot of fun, and uh, so we'll be basing our discussion off those. However, you don't need to have read any of it or watched any of it, just as as long as you know Professor X and Magneto. So uh, it's just going to be a lot of fun. So when when would you say your love for the X Men began? My love for the X Men began. Okay, it was when I was in middle school, and when I first like thought about my like transition phase. It's more like a personal like thing with the X-Men. Mm-hmm. I had, um, I'm not going to go all the way into it because we got a future episode about this, but I was just looking around for superheroes and I'll say, like, what superhero do I feel is a parallel to my life? And I felt Jean Grey about like the whole Phoenix expect about, you know, you can't control it. And it just, it's fueled off um, emotions and stuff. So I was like, oh, this is, uh yeah man that's that's really cool uh and uh obviously we will have an episode later on the phoenix saga mm-hmm. and everything that all the all the adaptations of it comic books <laughs> uh, uh the cartoon all movie anything we'll we'll, we'll be yes, sure to get into all everything of it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah man i'm trying to think i i remember the first x-men movie i remember really watching was uh the last stand Cause I mean, that came out when I was like six, I think. And I had that thing on like a little DVD. I had a little DVD player and it was like that and Spider-Man two just spun in that thing all the mm-hmm. time. And that, that and Scooby-Doo mystery Island, of course. Uh, uh mystery yeah. Island. Oh, oh, you brought me back. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but now nah, yeah, X-Men, X-Men's and my love for the X-Men, oops, kind of reemerged. Uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, because I mean, I, I took like a little leave of absence from my job at the beginning of it because my mm-hmm. parents didn't really want me going to random people's houses and delivering their food when all this shit was still really, really uncertain. And, um, uh, it still is, but, uh, 
but yeah, so, you know, I was on, I was on leave and I downloaded Marvel Unlimited. I started reading all the, reading comic books and, mm-hmm. uh, the first superhero group I really gravitated towards in comic books was the X-Men. And when I started really doing that, I watched all the movies again for the first time in several years for some of them. And that was just a lot of fun. Like I was, I was like, okay, this is, I love the Avengers for a different reason, you know, mm-hmm. but the X-Men <laughs> are just like, they're, they're unapologetic, unapologetically themselves. It's just a perfect little group for me, for me. Yeah. I love how more you was diving, you know, into like, your love for the X-Men and like the more you dived into it, the more my sunlight went away. But, (laughs) but yeah, like I love that you said X-Men, the last stand was like your first, because with me, that was my first Marvel movie I've ever seen in movie theaters. I'll always remember that. That was my first, like, and I love like everything about the X-Men, like how I always personally, and I know like a lot of Marvel fans might get mad at this, but I've always said the, X-Men always seem like their own universe to me because they got to go against being like, they just born with these abilities and people just dislike them just because <laughs> and also saving people. So it's like, uh, it, I remember reading like a comic strip one time, a legit one, when um the thing from the Fantastic Four was saying like, don't you muties, or he was saying something discriminatory. And I'm just like, whoa. So it's like Spider-Man, Captain America, the Fantastic Four. So y'all get a pass because y'all was an accident. But the X-Men are born like this. So it's like, oh, no, fuck them. <laughs> it's like, I never understand. Yeah, you know, that's what, and that's another interesting thing is like, once they get folded into the MCU, I imagine that we'll get a little bit different of a reception. And obviously these, we'll get some pretty terrible villains in terms of uh uh their yeah. their personas they'll probably be pretty mean is mm-hmm. my guess once the <laughs> x-men roll around um but no no x-men villain has ever stacked up to magneto and today we are talking about the storied history yes. of professor x and magneto this is easily my favorite uh set of frenemies in all of comic book fandom, DC, Marvel, any yeah. of it, you know, uh, Professor X and Magneto definitely have one of the more interesting relationships across all of it. Cause there are moments where they are the best of friends. There are moments where they're the worst of enemies. And, uh, it's, it's, it's like, they are like legit. The description of a yin yang relationship. And it's mm-hmm. like, Oh my God, Professor X and Magneto like that. It's like they have such a like love for each other, but such like a a hatred. But that hatred comes from a lot of understanding. But it's, oof, well, yeah, this is. It is fascinating to think about Magneto's persona, you know, coming from mm-hmm. both of their origins. You know, we've got complete opposites. Uh, Charles Xavier brought up in a mansion with money and uh, maybe his parents in some comic book lore don't have the best relationship. So there's there's that his dad died young and some and his his stepdad was abusive in some stories. Mm -hmm. But Magneto grew up in Auschwitz. So it's a little bit it's it's like that's the complete opposite. That is the opposite story. Uh, And 
to come from those those roots and uh, recognize that when when you are different, you are persecuted, and if you are, the humans will do anything to remain superior. Yes, and we've seen that unfold in many stories with the Sentinels and stuff like that. But uh, I always I always really appreciated Magnus uh, Magnus Magneto's uh, perspective on things. Uh, I do think that Professor X obviously has a little bit more uh, merits with the peace talks and stuff. That's obviously always good. However, I understand yeah. militancy. It's a it's a it's a real life concept too. Like these are real conversations about revolution that happen every day. It was the the uh, discussion between Martin Luther King and Malcolm X back in the day? I mean, Malcolm X wasn't yeah. super villain as Magneto has been, but uh, the uh, the the militant aspect and perspective is uh, is important. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's why, like, I also like when you brought up Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X. It was like the X Men basically are born out of the times that they were born out of you know like the 60s yeah. and 70s was such a time for a woman like i think you know abortion rights and the lgbtq oh, plus the civil, it was the civil the rights, rights movement. it was all the, of, the yeah. heart of it yeah the civil rights definitely was like the heart but it's just like all this stuff which is coming out of like there's so many parallels that I also was talking to you about also, like, um, for instance, like, in the civil rights when in the mutants, when they'll say mutant lover, and that comes from the you-know-what word, lover, and it's just, like, it's just, it's, oh, man. Kill a mockingbird there. <laughs> Legit, like, like, Roots was definitely being watched in the... <laughs> by the X-Men. I mean, first, first issue of Uncanny X-Men comes out in September of 1963. Mm-hmm. 1963. Is that the same year when JFK was assassinated? Is that the same year? Was I don't... I feel like he was later in the 60s. Ooh, I'm showing my American history. Let's see. Ever. JFK assassination. Right I'm looking into it. <laughs> I want to say that was 60... Oh, no, that was. It was 63. I wanted to say 65. It was November 22nd, 1963, though. So it started okay. before he was assassinated and happened to be like three comic books in before he was assassinated, interestingly enough. But he's been the basis of many stories, too. Uh, <laughs> we've, we saw Magneto in prison in Days of Future Past for the murder of JFK. Uh, and I actually just fin- – I didn't finish watching that one. I watched the first class this morning, and then I watched uh, the first half of Days of Future Past before we hopped yeah. on here. I didn't quite get the chance to get through both of them. But – uh the that aspect of first class is obviously what that entire movie is for magneto and professor x like how they came up together and then eventually went their separate ways and it definitely is one of my uh favorite uh origin stories for them i do appreciate the simplicity of the like comic book back in the 60s and uh and the cartoons perspective of it though, like they were volunteering at a, a doctor's camp and then they were protecting a woman and then Hydra came and they had to fight off, fight off the, the Nazis basically, which you love seeing, you love seeing Magneto kill Nazis. It's always, yes. always a great aspect of the story. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I just love, I love the idea of them unveiling their powers 
to each other in a secret, like they were keeping it secret and then like had to unveil them to each other. I love that. (laughs) And they didn't have that in the first class, which I appreciate and understand that live action, it's got to play out in a more compelling way. But, uh, I I don't know. I always appreciated that. And, uh, the ending of first class really fucked me up. Oh yes. Like him just deflecting the bullets and all of a sudden, Charles is get even though comic book wise, I don't think that's how it happened, but still yeah. for it to show like in the Foxman way <laughs> that the Foxman, yeah. Yeah, the Foxman way. It it I think it put more like depth in their like relationship towards each other, like, oh, I'm the reason why he can't walk. So it's like And it's so fascinating. It's just more because it's like immediately in that story he's he's already kind of forgiven him. Like, as soon as it happens, Magneto Eric rushes to his side and, like, holds him and is like, I'm so sorry, I am so sorry. And he gets mad at Moira McTaggart, uh, long-time Charles Xavier love interest throughout comic books and stuff. And he, yes. he chokes he chokes her with the necklace that's around her neck because it's made of metal. And, uh, and then, you know, Professor X like, no, nah, she didn't do this. You did this. Yes. You, you did this. <laughs> And and he's not he's not mad he's not saying it like I mean obviously like he's probably a little bit in shock he just got shot in the lower spine but uh he generally seemed like you've gone like you've just you've gone too far this time man I'm I'm disappointed like I'm not I'm not mad I'm not uh I'm not unforgiving but damn man why'd you have to go this far. And yeah, it's just like now I can't walk. Like, are you serious? <laughs> I, I, I basically kind of taught you how to lift this submarine, man, and you take my legs. That's <laughs> one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite scenes in all of X Men, uh, in all of the X Men movies, especially like as far as Professor X and Magneto scenes go. And it's it's crazy thinking about how amazing Ian McKellen and. Uh, and Sir Patrick Stewart were in the roles of uh, Professor X and Magneto. And then just like how great James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender were as Professor X and Magneto. Like you don't get that a lot. Like once you get like a recast, it's like one of them feels a little off. Maybe we should have gone a different way, like just for like a prequel. But damn, did they knock that shit out of the park? It's perfect. Michael Fassbender as Magneto and James McAvoy's uh, Charles, their scenes together are really what make Magneto and Xavier's interactions in the later movies. Like it's just, and I love that. Yeah, and I love like you say that because I can go and watch if we wanted to go in this weird, like legit, like timeline order, like started from. Back then, on to present with the Foxman. Yeah, like <laughs> um, first, first class trilogy, Days of Future yes. Past. Yeah, like it feels like, um, it like you like the casting was so perfect. It felt like the dynamic never leaves. Like even when it goes from them to you know the early two thousand cast, it's just like wow, like they're so compelling and they can tell the story so great that it's like. I don't feel a shift. You know, when it goes to like the new cast, you feel that shift. And it's just like, eh. But I feel it. 
with like I mean I don't I mean I don't feel it with them. It just feels constant and it's so, it's so good. Yeah, it's 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 seamless. Like it it feels like that's I'm truly watching a younger version of the character I saw. And honestly, that's a that's a huge credit to James McAvoy and Mac, Michael Fassbender for being able to uh I'm I'm assuming study those performances and try their best to emulate them in a in a certain capacity. Like I think to uh Star Wars, for example, when uh Ewan McGregor was cast as Obi-Wan Kenobi. He, he studied Sir Alec Guinness because he was in the 1977 Star Wars movies. So obviously yes. I'm a play a young that guy. I gotta be better as that guy, you know? And it wasn't like a competition. I really think that Michael and James really, um, you could tell they respected the roles before them and also the story like you can just see it wasn't just like oh let me get this because a big way to promote my career no they dedicated time and mm. also the way of even even young I, I don't know the actor's name but the one that played young magneto in first class when his mother got shot and he oh you know yeah. squeezed the helmets like even that rage and when i was reading um what was it magneto's testament yes is that what it was magneto's yes testament when I was reading it, I, Colton, I went so far in my stuff. When I got done watching that beginning scene of First Class, I watched the Anne Frank movie before I watched, before I read that. And I was just going through it like on Marvel Ultimate. And also, thank you for that. But just going through it. And I'm just like upset. Just to show like how he was like stuff that was going on. It was so upsetting. No, so Magneto Testament is a devastating storyline. Like it that's is. it's so heartbreaking. And obviously any story told from that era uh, is devastating. Uh, uh it's just like the scene when his family is about to get gunned down and he's like the only one in the pit. Like mm-hmm. the only I was just like, oh I need a man to hold me. Like I can't. I can't. Like, it was so upsetting. I that that story and oh, like bravo to I I don't know who the I can't remember who the author um and like the artist was, but they they did it. They showed. It was actually uh the the writer was Greg Pak and the uh, colorist was uh, uh Matt Hollingsworth. Okay. Yes, they deserved. Like I want more. That was so, so upsetting. And you didn't really see a lot of powers in that storyline, but the storyline was so captivating. I was just, it felt, why is this not being taught in schools? I understand why. <laughs> but like still, but it's just like, this is so upsetting. And it's so when he was putting in real dates and stuff and showing the number of, you know, like um, Holocaust oh victims and stuff, like, Oh my God, poor Magneto. And that really, I like early when you was talking about like Charles Xavier going up in the mansion, some storylines an abusive, you know, father figure. And, but even that, Eric can also go to Charles and be like, you know, like Charles, you never understand what I went through. No matter what, he's always got the one up. He's always got the one up. It's, you know, like you had a whole different life than me. Like even when in um the early two thousand movies, when he was saying, um, I forgot. No, it was Last Stand when the girl said, "Where's your mark?" and he showed his tattoo when he was in the concentration camp, saying like, "No tattoo, no 
needle would ever touch me again. Yeah. And that was just like, I feel like Magneto has a lot of PTSD, a lot of PTSD. I mean, like it's, it's clearly what shaped his character, like his, even his perspective, you know, as homo superior, they have to maintain a, a grip on the reins in terms of control over humans or else they will be eradicated because they will go as far as they can to ensure ex- ex- to ensure that they don't go extinct because that's another it's another line that they follow a lot in the early the first class movie and stuff is like Neanderthal were wiped out by Homo sapien and it's like as soon as that new evolutionary uh direction is presented it doesn't take long for the previous one to go bye-bye so they're going to they're the humans are the first ones who can really equip themselves to fight that. And Magneto is aware of that. Uh, and yeah. And it's like, I really reading, especially I, I always had, I always felt like I understood Magneto's point of view, but some reason for me forgetting some, and I always knew this from forgetting time to time that he is a Holocaust um, survivor and reading his testaments and stuff and think about things that were said in the movies and you put like two and two together. It's like this man has seen human ugliness, like disturbing stuff, like up front in his face. He felt it, it was all taken away from him. They like, in if you want to go from the movies when he shot his mom, just because he wanted to see if he could move a coin, like he was being exploited. And, like his mom died because he couldn't exploit himself or what was it, Sebastian Shaw? Sebastian Shaw, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Foxman's Hellfire Club. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's, it's just like I have a new. Honestly, I have so much respect for Magneto now. Like I understand some of the things he might do might come off very like, damn. But oh. and don't get me yeah. wrong, there are certainly storylines where Magneto is. 100,000% in the wrong. Like he, he can be a supervillain. That is for sure. However, the root of his, the root of his cause, it's, it's hard not to understand, you know, like, uh, trying to protect your, your species. Like mm-hmm. he understands that they are the minority now. Like we've seen it play out, even the Sentinels, how Sentinels ultimately, like in days of future past in their storyline, they, develop to a point where they can wipe out anybody who they can tell will eventually have mutants in their family line. It's like they they were basically wiping out the entire human population because as they'd said, it's the next step in evolution. Therefore, all humans are going to die. <laughs> you know? That's the Yeah, like that I love that I I love that like humans like when the Sentinels was basically like saying like, hey, this is what we got to do because y'all built us to stop this. Y'all got to go like that's We got to have Ultrons in here. Y'all don't they want. Killed them, they killed themselves <laughs> practically. Like it's like by, yes. build, by building the Sentinels at all, it, it doomed the entire planet. It wasn't just mutants. It doomed everybody. And it's ultimately that's what Professor X is right about. You know, like and, yeah. they need to come together to fight any cause instead of fighting each other. It's senseless. And it's, again, coming from the 1960s, an obvious metaphor for racism. Like, it's like, it, it's just plain and simple. Uh, and it's, 
And do you think, I always felt like when like Charles could always go against, you know, and be like, like Eric, no, even though they're failed beings, like that's beauty and honesty and them too, they can be peaceful. And I feel like Eric can always be like Charles, like look what they did to my people just because like, like, yeah. Well, and there's the, there are those storylines yeah. where ultimately Xavier sees, and I mean the onslaught storyline. Oh yes, that one. Ooh. So so here's the thing: a lot of people <laughs> consider that terrible comic book writing. And no. It, uh, here's my thing: I think it lacks plot for a lot of it. However. The, the, it has the bones. It has the bones to be incredible. And the idea that, mm-hmm. uh, that Magneto and, uh, Professor X could merge consciousness in a way to become Onslaught, this ultimate powerful being, which, uh, created a fucking sun, a second sun in the fucking sky. I mean, <laughs> that's like, I think that that could be, if, if, because we've seen the MCU play with like storylines that were kind of taboo in comic book lore and then kind of mm-hmm. bring them to life in an interesting way, like white vision. And, uh, I think that that would be like, that's like right up their alley. Like if eventually that is what culminated a giant storyline with X-Men and fantastic four and Avengers and all of these characters onslaught will be fucking amazing. And then also, but I also found out some in- interesting like facts about the onslaught on story was that Marvel, the only comic at the time that was selling was the X-Men. So yeah. the reason for the ending was because they wanted to rebuke all of their characters because they like, y'all not selling worth they shit. They were rewriting everything because, <laughs> and that's, that's what's hilarious about that storyline is that like it ultimately after that point <laughs> in that story, the X-Men face like no consequences, like none. Nobody dies from the X-Men. Everything is fine for nope. them. Uh, <laughs> Xavier makes it out alive. Like, it's like everything is fine for them. And, uh, but Fantastic Four, gone. Avengers, gone. Everybody, everybody, everybody else, else is Everybody like, else fucking gone. dead because we're going to rewrite it. We just have to. Uh, yes. And I really felt like, I remember when I was just looking at it, I remember like the scene that kind of like, really fucked with me honestly that gave me like a chill vibe was when he had written onslaught on Jean Grey's forehead that really was just Brutal. that just felt like like he, he that, that dominant feeling that was coming from him like that alpha male vibe from him taking Jean and knowing and, and also kind of calling it's I'm really like, okay, this is a very going to be a touchy thing I'm about to say. Was Onslaught, I'm really confused, or was Onslaught showing Professor, was that a true memory of Professor X saying what he said about Gene? Was that a... Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. I got to assume it was, right? Because, I mean, if we're talking about Professor X and Magneto, we got to dish the dirty. So oh, no. Here's the thing. I, like, if we're going we're gonna to go there, we should go there now. I think that uh, as these leader of men, Magneto and Professor X, each, they each have their, their, their leadership ways. Magneto, the 
evil brotherhood the brotherhood of evil mutants and uh mm-hmm. the brotherhood and uh magneto's disciples and all those shits throughout the throughout the many years of his of his lore like mm-hmm. he he has an interesting tactic when you compare it next to professor x because everybody who wants to go with magneto wants to go with magneto and obviously professor x is like if you want to it's very consent oriented the same with his uh, same with his mind powers, but I still get the idea that like it's a little like the Jedi in Star Wars, where it's like, yeah, if we can get to you young, there's pretty much no reason for you to say no. See, that's mm, I have thought about that because I kind of felt like even with the second, was it the second issue? What issue was it? I remember I was reading it. I know it's on Marvel Ultimate, but when they actually went against the first group of Brotherhood. I think that's issue number four. I think that starts, yes, because one is Magneto on the military base. Four mm-hmm. is, okay, I, okay, I, I believe that is four. It, it seemed like, like Professor X, even though they all looked around the same age, it kind of felt like Magneto's, his like his whole squad is like adult. Like They really come off mature adults when Professor X is always like young teens. Like it's, it comes off very like teenagers for professor and aware adults for Magneto. So it's like, is he purposely? It's yeah. And there's this thing that's like it reminds me of like Batman and Robin. Like Batman yeah. is entirely wrong for what he's doing, in my opinion, when it comes to Robin in terms yes. of adopting a child and then not forcing them necessarily, but like raising them as a weapon, like. Making mm-hmm. sure they can fight so that when you're like, I'm Batman, they're going to be like, I'm going to come with you, you know, and that's definitely manipulating a child. Uh, and obviously this is something Professor X grapples with all the time throughout his comic books is the guilt he carries from forming the X-Men. Was it even worth it? All the pain and struggling we've ever caused. I mean, I looked to like Avengers versus X-Men. That's a long comic run that we'll get to Ooh, later. That is so good. Yes. And that'll probably <laughs> be like a Phoenix saga discussion later on because yeah. that's a huge part of it but like <laughs> he, he there's there's discussion of that guilt there there's just so much of that like he he knows that it's not necessarily right but he does still view it as necessary like raising a generation of mutants to understand and accept their abilities and that is all well and good but to get them to fight and also get oppressed at the same time. Yeah. It's, it's like, think about someone at 16 years old, just figuring out they, they just got abandoned by their parents because they starting to move shit. And now you bring me to the school where I'm starting to feel like, oh, you come to my school to learn. You got a family. Okay, great. Here's this suit. But it's not your, like, you could say no. You could stay here, but here's a suit. So all my other peers are fighting while I'm just like, sitting here trying to learn and it's just like oh now I feel bad so I'm guilt tripped into going but now I'm 16 freaking all this stuff out while I'm saving this this army guy but he's also calling me a slur so it's like it's it's, it's kind of really hurting for them when you know Magneto is like listen only kind of maybe one fight because this is what's up like you don't and listen yeah. And here's the thing, like right before I got on, I was I was reading an X-Men comic that I bought at my local comic store. It's it's an uncanny X-Men and I couldn't tell you what number issue it is, but it's called In Memory Most Bitter. And it's the entire issue is Xavier having a dream 
in which uh, he's talking to a therapist and about eight pages in, it's revealed that the therapist he's talking to is actually Eric. It's Magneto. And he's, he's discussing his past with him and his relationship to women and uh, how, and this is one of those storylines where his, his father died when he was young. His stepfather came into the picture and was abusive and yeah. how he wishes he, he had had the power to, stop that to uh and magneto's like well maybe at that point you you realize you were never going to let anybody hurt humans and thus your attachment to women like moira mctaggart and uh characters like that and so and and he's like come on man like this isn't this isn't no freudian shit here i'm just uh, i'm just a man uh, <laughs> but, uh, but uh ultimately like he he, they, he reminisces on a love he had who was a mutant and sh- her views were more aligned with Magneto's than they were his. She ultimately viewed that his dream of uh, starting the X-Men and doing all this would only fuel the, the homo sapiens. Like that does more harm than good for mutant kind. She, she maintained the perspective that they needed, they needed to stay hidden to remain safe and there we get more uh more parallels to uh a more of an LGBTQ sort of vibe than it than it did uh racism in that. And that's what I think X-Men has always done a really good job about is like anybody who's uh been alienated throughout history is kind of uh able to see themselves in the X-Men. Yes, and that's why I always favorite more the X-Men. And I'm not gonna say like like the Fantastic Four and Avengers, yeah, they're cool, but it's like you can find more, like minorities can lead towards more of a X-Men comic than Fantastic Four, just be like, come on, that was kind of obvious. And then like the Avengers who was like, you know where I'm going. Oh, so, like, absolutely. They all yeah. white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they all white, and I don't think any of them are gay. <laughs> yeah. But it's and then also I mean, Fantastic um, Four is literally a family family. Like yeah. like a straight up a straight up white family. A straight up nuclear family. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean obviously formed in the sixties, Marvel's first family. They have their place, certainly. I'm no no hate to the Fantastic Four. Never really oh, yeah, gravitated towards them. Ne- never really gravitated towards them. However, fucks with their villains. Doctor Doom, Silver Surfer, Galactus. That oh yeah, the villains dope. now. That shit yeah. Is dope. Uh, yeah, we we definitely got to get into that, you know. For, like, sure, but, um, for sure. One thing I always wanted. So Professor X, we we see that he does have his favoritism with certain um, mutants and certain X Men more than others. Like, for instance, like Jean Grey, and Wolverine, and Cyclops. Okay, so Hank McCoy too. Yeah, and well, does that consider Storm? Do you think him and Storm have a you know, like I know movie wise they do, not, but I never not really particularly thought of... in comics though. I mean, she's always been kind of everybody's senior. Like he he was she was not one of the students he really found early. She had already kind of developed her mutant ability and came on to the team uh at a yeah, certain point. I don't point. think even Storm really had Storm's also got the whole uh Queen of Wakanda thing where she has uh uh relationships yeah. with T- T'Challa and various stories. So she she kind she's kind of like Wolverine. And that, you know, Wolverine kind of comes into the picture later because he's Wolverine. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, th- I guess so. I think also yeah, he probably looks at Storm being like, oh, she's kind of like the older sister to everybody. Because Storm seems like she got her shit together other than her claustrophobia. That's a whole other thing. But like she has her shit together. So it's does like, Storm also have claustrophobia? I thought that she was has Jean. claustrophobia. Because Jean, does Jean have claustrophobia too then? I don't think Jean has. Jean has some other. We Jean. Jean's got a whole other. Jean's got a whole other fucking luggage bag full of shit. Jean uh. <laughs> has a lot. But do you think also when John size came about with this new team, when all the first class, the legit first class, went to have like normal lives, do you think Professor X was kind of like selfish on in a way of like putting all this stress strictly onto Scott? You know, that's an interesting, that's an interesting perspective. And like, I think there's always been, that's another aspect of Scott Summer stories that's always kind of relevant is the, like, he is, he looks to Charles as a father figure, uh, like, yes. un, undeniably so. And that therein lies another problem and that he marches him out there and puts all this pressure on him and then is like, it, it, it is a little – I don't think that his treatment of him is necessarily the best overall just because if, yeah. you're putting, if you're putting your loved ones in harm's way, you're not treating them the proper way, I don't think. Yeah. And, uh, well, if Professor X did things you know, more right, we wouldn't really have much of a story. But um, True. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's, the, so, that's the other aspect of it. However, it, yeah. it, it is relevant to the character. It always yes. Is. It's so hard for me. It's so hard for me to talk about Professor X stuff and not go into like certain comments that's coming up. So let me try to go back to like Magneto. Mm. So what's what's the movie? Uh, what's the movie? It's, it's Apocalypse. I think it's Apocalypse. Where he destroys Auschwitz. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That that movie alone. I think that's the most emotion we really have with. Michael Fassbender as Magneto. I that think shit that movie, is yes. devastating for Magneto. The fact, you know, he's he's made his he's carved out a family life. He's doing well with a uh, with a wife and a daughter, and uh, he uh, he gets caught though. One day, somebody sees him playing with metal. Reports <laughs> reports on. Him. Yeah, actually, I have a funny story about Apocalypse. The side note: when I went to see it that was after the scene where you know young gene bumps to young scott mm-hmm. sophia turner bumps into i forgot the guy name and i think it's ty ty something but anyway um yeah she bumps into him you know you see her um you see her use her te- telekinesis on the books mm-hmm. i remember someone behind me that has an x-men shirt on sees magneto save someone that's about to get crushed by the object in apocalypse they literally say, do everybody in this movie have telekinesis? I was fuming. Was fuming. You, well, <laughs> it's like, bro, okay, so clearly the first X-Men movie. <laughs> Cle- literally. literally. But, had, to be, had to be. Otherwise, you just simply were not paying attention. Any other mm-hmm. But that whole scene of, like, his daughter in the movie, you know, using the birds to try to, like, this, but she wasn't really trying to hurt him. She was just trying to be, like, I just want you off my dad. Yeah, kind and then, of a defense mechanism. It's like she's scared. It starts happening. That's just it. Yes. And and then, like, I think also that kind of showed 
um, Eric's religious side too when he screamed up to like you it, it feel feel like he was talking to God quote unquote yeah like to be like this is who I am this is what you want from me yeah you know it's or like in your podcast it could have been Mephisto he was talking to but <laughs> right right <laughs> but um that his I don't know how he didn't get like a good award for that movie that it was so many emotions in that. Nah, so, yeah, he's he's fantastic, and frankly, I I don't know if they're gonna go that route for Magneto and Professor X. I wouldn't mind them maintaining that casting for any future MCU projects because that's oh, just God, it's yes. just really really good. But God, yeah, yes. Magneto Magneto is a uh, is a particularly interesting character. There's actually a new comic book that just started called The Trial of Magneto, and obviously there was a, a older version of that book mm-hmm. that is a, a, a part of the Uncanny X-Men run where uh, Xavier really gets through to Magneto, and Magneto yes. ultimately sees the error of his ways, and he comes more around on Xavier's perspective. And uh, it's and that doesn't happen often in comics, which is why it's it was a really interesting issue. However, in this modern trial of, of magneto there it's a storyline based around the death of wanda wanda Maximoff, yes. and he is suspected of killing of her killing her yeah and it's just like so far it's it's mad interesting just like seeing how like vision and quicksilver react to learning about wanda's death and you know uh magneto seeming like a suspect but like there's no way because that's not who magneto is in, in in my opinion and obviously i haven't been reading a lot of recent X-Men stuff. Maybe there's some credence to the idea that the Scarlet Witch has been rather, uh, Scarlet uh, Witch. Yeah. Chaotic, <laughs> chaotic yes. of late. Uh, apparently she's been, she's been quite active in the, uh, potential killing people thing. But, uh, I don't think Magneto, I don't think Magneto would do that. That's just really out of character for him to kill a family member. Cause that's just not yeah. something he does. I really feel like when it goes to Polaris, Quicksilver, and Scarlet Witch, I if I was one of his kids, I would feel like the most protected, like the most protected mutant ever. Cause I really feel like he's like, hold up, like uh, uh-uh, we not about to do this. Where like where's my son? He didn't come from school yet. What's going on? Like it's it's and that's yeah. the one thing that you can admire both of these people for, Professor X mm-hmm. and and Magneto, because they both really love those people they are loyal to they really like i in that the story i was telling you about just a little bit ago in memory most bitter the thing that ultimately makes him come around to the idea that he can pursue his dream of the x-men and it doesn't have to cost him a personal love like he the way he spoilers alert i don't know why you're here if you don't know how the first class movie ends but uh (laughs) when he wipes more mctaggart's mind at the end of that movie it's like you know, it's obviously because I got this dream I'm pursuing. You can't know shit about it. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. At the end of this comic book, he realizes he can do both these things. And it's because of Gene and Scott's upcoming wedding. He loves them. He sees they love each other. And he's like, you know what, guys? I can't. I can do this. I can't. And he, he, he hugs Gene and he tells her he loves her. And I was just like, damn, this is some moving shit. You don't mm, I have to read that now. I have I have to read that. But do you I don't I'm not sure about this, but has Magneto ever exploited Wanda? Like for her powers? I'm sure, I'm sure there's some stuff like well and interestingly enough, like the House of M storyline was like a really a big a big one where 
Magneto was suspected of having manipulated Wanda into doing something in which, okay. again, it was not Magneto because that's just not something he'd do to his kids. It was, uh, spoilers alert for the House of M, it was Quicksilver. Uh, but I, as far as I know, I don't think so. And I'm sure there are some storylines probably from like the 80s or 90s in which he exploits Wanda okay. in some way just because... It's pretty typical of male characters to have exploited women's powers at some point. In the yeah, age. because he did it in Last Stand. Like it was like if you would have replaced like the Foxman version of Dark Phoenix Gene with Wanda in Last Stand, it, you know it, it, he was very ex- like he was exploiting the hell out of Gene in that movie. Like just for sure, just dragging her out. Oh, and, and, I was he, just and he fucked up. He fucked up bad. Like he and I hope he realized it. Like by the end, of, and it seemed like he did. Like he kind of came around a little bit. Like, oh damn, I really created a monster here. I can't do shit about this. Yeah, he was like, damn. Like he really had like a day. Like, wow, I'm no longer invited to the cookout. Like I fucked up. Like I'm public enemy number one. Like, like wow. <laughs> that, that thinking about that just makes me think about all the uh, that original trilogy of uh, X Men movies, uh, X Men X Two and The Last Stand, and his motivation in the first movie to make all of the uh, to make all of the most powerful people in the world at this peace summit into mutants is hilarious. Like, <laughs> like on paper, that is a hilarious idea. I think because I think Magneto, like, he really. If you really think about it, like Magneto don't want these humans to ever feel like, no, you stay fucking human. I just don't like you. You don't yeah. you don't have you don't deserve to be us. Well, like, I, 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 I appreciate his motivations there. Like when you're one of us, you can't like, what do you do then? Like, uh oh, yeah, that's like saying like, OK, if you want to put on paper, Malcolm X, all right, take this whole group of white people and make them black. There's a. Uh, <laughs> there's a. Uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day and I heard I heard about this story where uh Deadpool is hired by uh some church in in Marvel comic lore. I can't even remember what what it was off the top of my head, but he's hired for the purpose of setting off this bomb that will turn every human alive blue and it will ultimately end racism. That's the that's the motivation. That's the motivation there is that like if you turn everyone blue, everything will be fine. Uh, and I thought that was hilarious. And if it ever got made now, it would just get fucking flamed, uh, into oblivion. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, I think Magneto's strategy there was a little bit flawed, uh, just, just by a little bit. But, uh, I mean, Senator Kelly turned to, he turned literally into water. (laughs) Like, I mean, like, literally into water. (laughs) And, Oh God, Halle Berry's accent in that first movie. Okay, but uh, the fast accent Magneto. Sorry, but um, and do you? Th- okay, so I do like how even in like the last thing, even though like I cannot, I love those movies because I grew up with them. But coming from comic books and stuff like that, I really, you know, like. I have like a love hate relationship, but I do love the movies. No, no lie, no cap. Well, they're fun and, ultimately, and that's what movies are. Yeah. about. If you can have fun watching them. That's cool. Yeah, that's why I always got to remember, like Aurora. These movies have also been for fun, not continuity or like 
faithful to the comic. Oh no, because they're really bad at that. <laughs> oh my god! They no, just... they're they're not very good in the in terms of like maintaining a continuity and. It's like they just read summaries of like which each character can do it. Just, just make a movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's fun though. It's fun. But um, how do you? Okay, so Magneto. How do you feel about his relationship towards like Mystique? Because it's like the 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 animated TV shows and the movies really put him and Mystique together a lot. Because equals. Huh. I think they get treated more like in comic book lore and in uh and in like the early like not in the early movies, but uh they always get treated more like equals, which I always found interesting. From Magneto. Yes, like the they like this, and I was, I never really like even when I was reading Onslaught and Avengers versus X Men and stuff. I think Mystique is nowhere to be like, like she is not by his side at all, and I'm just like, I never really understood like Magneto's whole thing with, but that I think, I think yeah. Magneto and Mystique have a really interesting relationship just because of her and the movies the movie version of it you know her being raised alongside charles practically like he kind of looked after her all the time that they were growing up and then ultimately she she thought that magneto was more correct that she needs to be mutant and proud and mm-hmm. fuck on anybody who says otherwise so uh <laughs> and, and i I, I appreciated that that angle on her, and I'm I'm excited for our next month uh, episode about uh, something blue with uh, oh yes Mystique Nightcrawler the Beast, just because I I really want to dive more and more into her character because in everything, even in this most recent like the Trial of Magneto, they have like this council of mutants that are uh, that run like Krakoa Island, and they're like uh, talking and. Professor X, Magneto, Mystique, all at this round table that like run this island, not not Wolverine, not Kitty Pride, not Colossus, none of these none of these other X-Men who are all somewhere else, Cyclops not even, Jean Grey not even. Mystique's there though on on the council that runs this island. And I think that's yeah. like she's they they both recognize her for how powerful she is, you know. And uh at least in the movies, Professor X, um, I really don't like the way that he talks about her and her blue form and her natural form. It really rubs me the wrong way. And it really is like, oh man, like I just don't feel like he'd, he'd say shit like that, but like he like can't hide that he's startled whenever she interrupts, whenever she enters a room and she's blue. He, uh, and then like Hank McCoy too told her that she was more beautiful as Jennifer as Jennifer Lawrence than she than she was as and it's just like man they was all coming off like in you know like like what me and my family would say it's like those type of like like black people back then that were trying to make white people comfortable and it was you know like talking a certain type of way holding yourself a certain type of way your hair pressed and permed when you know what um, Xavier was doing was basically telling her like to repress your mutant side to make humans comfortable. Like yeah. that's what we need to do is make them feel comfortable. Cause long as they comfortable, like I remember it was a line that Professor X said to Scott. It was it was an argument they had. It was in the comics, and he was like, "What do we do?" And he no 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 no. 
wow, wow, I'm bad at this. It was in Dark Phoenix when he was arguing with Raven. And she said, what do we do? We kill our own? He said, yes, that's what it takes. And I'm just, I was in a movie. That was like the first probably like 15 minutes of the movie. I was like, damn, that's how you feel now? Because you're on the face of magazines. That's what, you know, Xavier was getting. Like, you know, meetings off. He even had a direct, like, ex-phone to the president in that movie. And it was just like, yeah, we're famous. But we can die. That's kill Gene almost died, but fuck it. That's why it costs Raven. Let's do it. And it's like, damn, man. Nah, it's uh, it's really it's really really rough. There's this uh, and and I I want to go back to what you were talking about a little bit more about the the difference in perspective between yeah. Magneto and Professor X. And uh, there's this there's this line in this book. I believe it's uh or not. I, I'm gonna go on an idea. It's a uh, uh, between the world and me, Tanasi Coates. Have you ever read it? No. It's well, it's a really it. it's a really really good. It's a really really good book. And uh, there's there's this line about assimilation, about how like we've been taught fucking wrong about trying to make white people comfortable. Like we we don't have to change the way we act to. And I'm saying we because this is the perspective of Tanasi Coates. I am a white guy. Uh. So like we don't have to <laughs> change change the way we act for 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 white people, you know. Like that's just like that's not something that should be happening, and that really is what Professor X's perspective was, at least for Mystique, because she looked like that, you know. Like, and it's like even Professor X, who seems to have the best of intentions, even was guilty of the slightest discrimination against his own kind. Yeah, it's it's. It's it's really like sad, and that's when like coming from me, I really under like like I, I have so much like of a personal connection to like what he's saying, and it's I mean like what he's doing, like what he did to Raven, and what he's saying. A lot of people do that. Even the older generation of like black women in my family are very like be like this and da da da, and you know like your hair because it was brought up in a generation where you kind of had to make you know assimilate comfortable when well from the women in my family the older ones and it's 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 like awful like even you know with me like when you know i started even started transitioning i'm learning like oh wigs and stuff like that i'm like every single lace front i had was straight hair and you know being like and that's what's like going on and that really plays kind of like Oh wow, the X Men is very deep. Like, oh, they need a lot more credit than what they get. And I was just watching. I was just watching yeah. for class, and the way that like it, it is like a back to back scene. You know, uh, Magneto tells uh, Raven, you know, you need to be proud of how you look. He like she changes her form to look more like a an older woman that would suit more of his interests. And uh, he's like, no, I like the way you look. And she changes to Jennifer Lawrence. And then he's like, no, I like the way you look. And she changes She changes to her blue self. That scene, this is, this is yeah. He said, this is how you are. This is beautiful. You need to, ex- you want people to accept you, but you can't even accept how you look yourself. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then she immediately walks into the room that Charles is in. And she's already blue and he, huh, he like jumps and it's like, 
like, and it's he just really handles it poorly. Just really handles it poorly, and it's like, and it's so weird because she met him like that, but he didn't. It's like he was not. You can tell from being a child with Professor X um, meeting in the kitchen in first class and being like older, like 18, 19, 20, like I would say around that age. Yeah. And um, early just, 20s for sure. Yeah. And just it being like, um, what was it? Um, like I remember when he asked her, um, she, she said, looking like this. And he's like, what? Like, he yeah. stuttered. But with Magneto, with Eric, he's straight like, you're beautiful like this, straight up. And he's stuttering, holding back, looking awkward, not knowing how to take it. And it's just like. Yeah, it's like, you got to hate it. It's really horrible right now. That's <laughs> like, just straight up like how that's just his perspective there. It's just that he. His hesitation, given the person he is, the characteristics that he has, he would not hesitate unless he was thinking what he was truly thinking. You know, like, it's like, I, 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 he really doesn't like the way she looks, you know, like, it's like, he, he can't bring himself to accept that that's not, that that's, that's her normal look, you know? Yeah. And I think even like the first, not said this is, his process, because we don't know what the writers, what Stanley and Jack Kirby was thinking about in the first issue of Uncanny X-Men, but we realized the X-Men that he had, the only one that looked abnormal was like Beast. It is all because he had big hands and big feet, but he was still like white, you know, looking and normal looking and stuff. He didn't look like even Bobby, who was always in his snowman Jack Frost form and... yeah, um, But he could still, like, I remember it was like, I was reading straight through one through seven. I just didn't stop. I remember yeah. when when he was over this fire and Gene had caught him, but he only wore underwear, but he was still blonde and, I mean, Bobby Drake, but, you know, blonde looking and stuff. And it's like, was, was Hank like the only man that was a brunette? Was he even brunette? And <laughs> like in the early yeah. ones? Yeah, like it's like, it's, it is mad <laughs> interesting that like, and that and it just shows what they could get away with in 1963. Like it's like mm-hmm. this was this was their metaphor for racism, and they still had to be four white kids. Four still had to make it, you know. Like, and that's what's yeah. crazy is like that they that that they even managed to make make something as or start something as resonant as that. Uh, and in those early stages, obviously, it's still uh, still pretty sexist. Uh, they're all thirsting after Gene hard or Marvel girl hard, hard. They're all, I mean, they're I, all H word for Gene. Like when she comes out, she's like, can a girl get on room? To, uh, 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 like they didn't know what to even say. And it's, it's just like, even when it come out, they all fighting over the chair and she pulls it for herself. I was shocked that she even did that. I'm mm. shocked that she pulled the chair. Like I was reading like, Okay. This is surprising. Nah, yeah, and and th- that is what's interesting about like uh, a lot of superhero teams that early on is like uh and even modernly like Avengers 2012 it was five four white guys and one white woman. You know, and like it's Yeah. Par, par for the course. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it it carried on all the way all the way modernly. And uh I think that X-Men even 
starting with like giant size is really when it started to really get diverse. Yeah. yeah it's like it started changing its direction. You started getting, uh, you know, characters like Jean Grey and, uh, uh, like we've been talking about Jean Grey, Mystique. We got, we got Rogue later on and all these, all these other women across Storm, the edge. Storm came in giant. Was his yeah. giant size? Yeah. Storm. Yeah. Emma Frost and ended up becoming, uh, and obviously then you got the problem of the way they were drawn for a while. Up they until. was very, Emma Frost, like, it was given, it, 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 Emma it was Frost given, had nothing yeah. but cleavage. Nothing but titties. I'm talking yeah. about titties everywhere. <laughs> like, oh, and like it's all the way across. Like, ain't a comic book woman from the '90s that had small titties. That's just not how. Yes. That's not how it happened. They all, all of them, rocking double D's at least. Like, like even think about even though this is strictly like a Marvel convo. Even think about like Hazatana and Wonder Woman, Catwoman, Poison Ivy. Like, that's like. Like Zatanna got like stockies on with her underwear coming to her belly button, and mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, yeah, it, like it took it took them a while before yeah. they they really figured figured that out in terms of how to not sexualize women in media overall, and it did. only recently happened, uh, like within the last four, three, two or three years. <laughs> yes, because I remember even oh. That's going to cut into the Halloween costume and the video. Oh yeah, maybe, maybe we save more of this conversation for that. Yeah, because I was really about to be like, uh, yeah, that, I just it just clicked in my brain. Okay, yeah, we'll uh, save. Uh, so yeah, obviously uh, in October we'll be doing uh, this is the last last day of the month every every month. So October we'll be doing a Halloween episode where we're going to talk about costume design and character design. It's going to be a whole lot of fucking fun, uh, but we'll Can't save wait. more of that for then. Save more, save more of that for then. But, uh, yeah, the, yeah, that, that is one thing I will say. The character designs of Professor X and Magneto, Magneto is exquisite. Like, uh, I, I love the red, the red and purple, uh, these secondary colors that just kind of, they should clash, but they don't. Mm-hmm. And they vibrant too. Yeah. Vibrant. <laughs> and I love the way he's often drawn to where like you can't see his like in comic books you can't see his face it's just a black and you can see white eyes mm-hmm. peeking through the mask I always loved the way that was drawn I love how X-Men Evolution showed Magneto before they showed how Magneto like before they actually showed him when it like little hints of him you know mm-hmm. like yeah. when you will see magneto figure talking to mystique have you seen x-men evolution i've seen bits and pieces i have not i have not actually watched like, it was scenes where like it, it gave me because um it, it, it gave me like horror movie vibes a little bit like how you will see like mm-hmm. a ghost figure before you actually see it it was the shape michael myers that's literally what i could compare that- it to like you will only see his figure in the background or his shadow come over and his deep medicine voice and hit, like it was the same way it only showed his helmet and it was mm. all black no eyes it's black yeah and not I'm like, like wow he, he has the, he has the ability to be a very very scary uh scary villain and uh he yes. is on more than one occasion that scary villain i remember when he's introduced in uh the cartoon in like episode three or something it's called enter magneto <laughs> And, uh, the first thing he's doing, he's breaking Beast out of prison. And, mm-hmm. 
he, he pulls up and I, all you see at first is just the, 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 the black shadow over his face and the outline of his helmet. And like, it's like, Oh, this character is a bad ass. Like that, at, at, at very least, you know, that as soon as you look at it. <laughs> and, uh, I always, I always really enjoyed the professor X, uh, gold floaty chair. That's my favorite. That's my favorite. Oh, uh, duh. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. little hover chair that he has. <laughs> I, I, I can appreciate the, uh, the, the way they went with, uh, like the, the wheelchair and the movies and stuff. However, I think that if in the MCU, they have the technology and the budget now to really make that work, I think. And yes. I think it would oh, be God. so badass. Yes. I would have loved to see that gold floaty chair float right in Westview to talk to Wanda. Oh. I thought about that. I fantasized about that so much when the show was going. I said, I want to see it, even though I know I'm reaching. <laughs> like, that would have been so amazing. And then Quicksilver just goes to Professor like, I couldn't get her. Like, I don't know. What's I'm going praying. On. I am praying that like they figure out a way to uh to make that still a relationship. Like right around it so that her parents who she thinks are her parents like adopted her. You know, and we'll she was she, and they died too young before they told her. You know, like yeah. that like that they could easily pull that off, you know, and the fact that she went to like Mount Wondegore where she originally learned in comics that Magneto is her father like that's where she's at in that post credit scene where she's leading the, reading the dark hole. Like it could be, it could be so good. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think of that. You just blew. You you just made my. Oh, why would you do that to me, Colton? But <laughs> <laughs> but also, I really would like to. Um. Oh, you just said something in that that I was thinking about. Wanda um, Gore, father, Wanda. Something about Wanda and the dark Magneto. hole. It wasn't that. It was something you said. Oh man, mm. it was so good. It was Let's so see. good. I. It was actually something. It wasn't even a question. I was like, oh, I really feel like it was something about MCU about you were saying you hoped something. Oh, I hope. I hope that uh, they change it so that Magneto is her father. Like, blood. oh, okay. So, yes. So what I was saying was like with, but. I was I was really like I really want that and I really want Magneto. That was, that was the question. That was the question. Is it Magneto's mom who is a gypsy or which woman or was that Doctor Doc, um, Doctor Doom? I, I get oh, it. you know I don't know in comic book lore if Magneto's mom was a gypsy. Oh, I, like I one of his family was sense. like a witch or something. Like was that a? I gotta think that's more a Doctor Doom thing because of his background in like Latveria and stuff. It just makes yeah, more sense it, for that. Okay. But here, let me see. I'm gonna look into it real quick. I, cause I thought somebody and maybe I was wrong about that. Cause I, I forget which cape it is. <laughs> yeah, the cape. Doctor Doom mom. Let's see. Cynthia Von Doom is a fictional character. All right. Let's check out the, uh, the fandom. What the fandom has to say about Cynthia Von Doom of Earth 616. Oh, the Gypsy Witch. Yep, it is. It is Dr. Doom's mom that is the Gypsy Witch. Oh, so it is. Okay, okay. Because I was just trying to search up just to make sure I wasn't talking. I I was thinking, like, that would kind of take away from Magneto's background about how she was a a Jewish woman who was killed in the Holocaust. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay, 
okay, I guess the only which person he has his family is Wanda. I yeah, guess. yeah. I mean, and it. <laughs> I really, really hope that, however, Magneto gets tied in, that Wanda Maximoff is still around to, you know. I really hope because I, so part of me gets scared thinking that Wanda, like I really feel like Wanda's story. I know people think like it's going to just grow and grow, but I feel like they're going to try to like end Wanda, not right, not at Doctor Strange two, but kind of like around that. Like that's how I just yeah, feel. She won't make it much longer out. I mean, because she's been in it since. Ultron. I mean, like Ultron. Yeah, like that's that's twenty fifteen. Fifteen, fifteen. Yeah, it's fifteen. And I a lot, don't think a lot of them make it. A lot of them make it seven yeah. to ten years. So she's at her peak. So it's like. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I really hope she. I really hope she's a character who's around for a while. And, I really uh, want to see her, Quicksilver, and Polaris all together with Magneto. Like, I want that one, just that one. So she she can get shot in the forehead for all I care after that. But I want to see <laughs> like them just have, and she finally like. If I don't know how they're gonna explain Pietro and Fietro, but like, yeah, it's just that. That would just be like so wholesome to see. I want to see that so bad. It'd be wonderful. I, I, uh, I really, at that point though, then we're looking at a recast at another, a new Magneto because Michael Fassbender and Wanda Maximoff or, 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 and Elizabeth Olsen are a little bit too close in age, I think, to pull off father and daughter. So it'd be, it'd be an interesting age there to find an actor, but. Yeah, you know, he could we, we he he could use like a Supergirl been using this Phantom Zone thing so they can like <laughs> <laughs> There you go. There you go. Like I remember it was the thing in X-Men Evolution where like Magneto was old and he went in this machine on Asteroid M and was like that's something I'm about to say after this cuz hold up like that in Asteroid M when Magneto went into it, he got old, like he got younger. He got younger and powerful. And that was like mm-hmm. a, that was a cool thing. But Magneto had a lot of bases. A lot. I mean, a lot. Genosha, Asteroid M, um, Bro, Mars Asteroid now. M? The fact that he, he made just like a, a, a fucking space station basically for mutants. Badass. Mm-hmm. No, like that's that's one thing that like Magneto across all fronts has always been dope as hell with. Like even in I think it's Fe- Dark Phoenix, right, where they pull up to where she pulls up to Magneto, and he's got like this this place. I can't even. I've only seen Dark Phoenix. Salvation one. Army, because that was not Genosha, but <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. I I remember. That. I was like thinking about that, yeah. and I was like, like for what it is, what they're going for. I don't think they were even really trying to do anything comic accurate with that. They were just trying to make it grounded in a little reality. With yeah. like, a, cool. I, yeah. I wish they would have gone a little more all out with it. Don't get me wrong, but we even had the same even writer though, that did Last Stand, Dark Phoenix, Terrible, that directed Dark Fox didn't care no more. But um, it was just like nah, they gon' they gonna figure it out. Cause like, yeah. how are you not gonna take advantage of the Dark Phoenix storyline in the MCU? It could be so great. That's for a later date, though. Yes. I'm trying so hard. That's and and I realized something about this. Magneto is a very dope, dope, dope character more than Professor X to me. Because oh, there's not really much I could say about Professor. It's like Professor is just so. Well, and that's what. And, well, and let's let's face it. The thing that makes Professor X is his team. 
his relationship to his team. That's what makes that's, him. That's, that's always yeah. that's always going to be the case. And the thing that makes Magneto so compelling is that he is that lone wolf who, and obviously villains have to be a different level of compelling. Otherwise, it's like, uh, you know, your story is only as strong as the villain it's that is presented yeah. before it. And Magneto is, is, is the perfect yeah. one. Is Professor X still dead? I was going to look that up, but I don't know if he's still, like, dead. In term, like, in, uh... In the comic books. I know when Scott had gotten the, the Phoenix Force, did yeah. that still... Is he still gone? Like, that was, like, 2011. Yeah, I have no idea. Like, it's so difficult to keep up with. Like, it's like, (laughs) (laughs) there's so many different stories and so many different iterations. Like, Like, I don't, it's so many different branches and I'm just, uh. I remember, I, yeah. The first comic book, uh, like, uh, story and arc I really got into was uh, an astonishing X-Men from like 2004, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was following a similar storyline to like X two, where like they've they have a serum where they can, you know, uh, they can heal quote unquote the mutant gene, and that's always been an interesting little little aspect of these uh, of the X Men lore for my money. That's X two, right? Or am I tripping? That's X three. Is that is that the last stand? That's like I remember Rogue had gotten her powers taken away. That's right. That's yeah. right. That is that is that is the last stand. All right. So that like that's that's more okay. Yeah. X two is more like a God loves man kills. That's that's the story. That's that the comic. I was just about to say that. That's God. God loves man kills, which is yeah. phenomenal. Oh, dude, it, it's fantastic. It is oh, fantastic. Is that the is wait? Was the purifiers um? And did they what well, are they introduced in that, or are they like a whole different thing? It's a, it's sort of a different thing, I think. Uh, no, I, I know it's a different thing, but I'm like, were they like somewhat in that too, or were they just not there at all? Uh, I don't think they were there. But they like the Marvel KKK. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think they were in this astonishing X Men storyline anyway. But uh, regardless, it was like you know the all the scenes of like the government meeting and like having like a congressional hearing about the uh the the authorizing FDA approval of this of this <laughs> drug and stuff. And that story is always really interesting and I love and that, that yeah. that's another that's another area where Magneto and Professor X uh semi semi agree but there's still a little bit there's still a little bit yeah, it's like they Magneto's like fuck no don't you dare touch that shit and Xavier's like, if you want to, you can, but I'd encourage you not to. You know, like that's kind of, no, that's kind of like wow. X Men touch everything because now they're talking about the COVID vaccine, right? That's like what it is is Biden and Trump almost, <laughs> you know, like it's being like, no, you can't get it. And it's like, no. I mean, I mean, I'd understand a little bit more if the COVID vaccine didn't like took away my superpowers, you know. (laughs) Then maybe I'd be a little bit more okay with the absolutely don't touch that shit, you know. Was me in town also like um talked about in God Loves Man Kills? I don't believe so. I haven't read God Loves Man Kills in a while. I, I think I, I last read that like a year, a year and a half ago. That was another one that they, they like reprinted that at some point during 2020, that two part, uh, 
it had like two parts. God love mm-hmm. Mankos. I have them upstairs. You, you like had it more recently than me, but um, because <laughs> um, I'm really because I don't remember if, if Professor X and they, um and Magneto ever was involved with Mutant Town. Did they ever go? You. Like, I, I don't remember, and I don't remember, I know Professor X has somewhat a relationship with the Morlocks, but I don't remember if Magneto ever interacted with the Morlocks either, so I'm not trying to really, wow. Oh, I get you. Hold up. Oh, the X-Men is, is... There's just so many stories, you know, That's like, why I... I was stressing. That's why I vented to Joseph even about this. I said, Joseph, I'm I feel very unprepared this month. I I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah. And here's the thing: is you know it's free flowing. We can talk. 1982. God loves man kills. Jesus, that's the same age as my mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know that's that. Those are that's one of those stories where Magneto is forced to be on the good side. And I always love when that happens. Mm. Uh, it, 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 it often happens in like Dr. Doom stories too. Uh, interesting that we're kind of stumbling upon Dr. Doom over and over, but like how, whenever there's someone who seeks to destroy the world, Dr. Doom's like, Oh wait, well wait, I seek to conquer this world and I can't conquer it if it's destroyed. <laughs> so I'll like, fight you. Yeah, it reminds me of the Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer video game uh, on the PS3 that I played. And he was like, there's no world, then what is that for me to rule? And he said, exactly. oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, and, I, and, like, Magneto, Magneto's kind of the same, you know, if somebody, and, like, that's why Apocalypse is kind of interesting that he rode with, that he rode with Apocalypse for so long, and he ultimately decided, you know, I gotta fight for the greater good of mankind. And, like, that's, that's ultimately, like, come on, man. Like, I I feel like depending, whoa, which Magneto? Ooh, um, not onslaught. Another cool version. Was it Zorn or or um, Mag- It was Magneto, but it was like, was it Magneto? He had like a star in his head. He was saying he had a star for a head. Who oh, was that? Yo, I do not know. That's a version. I'm- Telling you that was a version of Magneto. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up. I'm confident in that. It was so cool. He had like a star for a head. He always kept this metal helmet on, and whole time it was Magneto. It. Oh man. Oh yeah, Zorn. That's what it would have been. Zorn, because that would have been when he betrayed Xavier and like kind of like uh, like he went undercover to join the X Men. Yes. He went undercover to join the X Men, and then ultimately betrayed Charles. Is that is that fatal attraction? Does he like reveal himself and then? It gets I don't to the think where... that's fatal attraction. I, I think it's like leading up to it. Then I like at least, but like, because ultimately, you know, like in Fatal Attraction, that's one of the ones where Magneto goes a bit too far and uh, removes the adamantium from uh Wolverine yeah, skeleton. Yeah, he appears in X-Men Annual 2001. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so, yeah new X-Men after. Annual 2001. That's, definitely after. Yeah, Magneto was right. That's what, the, the, remember that was a thing in X-Men, Magneto was right. Like mm-hmm. all of the X-Men was, not even all, I'm not going to say all of them, but a lot of mutants was like, yeah, humans are like shitty. That's 
never going to be a coexistence. Oh, and that's ultimately what Onslaught Onslaught was about, like taking that uh, the the dark aspects of Xavier and meshing him with Magneto's mindset, and him ultimately being like, you know, Magneto was right. There ain't shit we can really do about this at that yeah. point. Like, oh, it's Onslaught like, is so scary. Oh God, he is so scary. I. I pray that's what a storyline culminates in one day live action. I can't imagine that they'll go there, but like I, I would think it would be awesome. I feel like that's more like a. Do you think that would be like a big, huge like series thing for like the MCU? Like there'd be like. I think that would be like, like it would be way down the line because it would be. I think it would be one of those ones where you have to get a version of the Avengers and the Fantastic Four and the X-Men all involved because how do you make an adaptation of it without all those? And we have... So I think that would be like... If there was an Onslaught introduction, that would be one we built to. And then Onslaught could, you know, form his own little crew because... I mean, like I said, the leadership qualities of Magneto and Xavier... And I think that's something they should mess with a little bit in the Onslaught character if they were to uh, take it to live action is that I think he should be evil... However, I think that it should have a little bit more of Xavier and Magneto's personalities kind of meshed. It just kind of felt like they were like, this is a big bad guy. Like, that's that's just it mm-hmm. uh, in the comic books. But I think it'd be cool yeah. if you got, like, these, like, leadership qualities of both of them. They could be, like, Onslaught could lead a revolution of some fuck shit. Yeah, uh, he, he, if he had him and Dark Phoenix right by his side... And House of M Wanda, they would definitely do some. They take over the world. They take over the world. That that would just be like a a killer. They wouldn't even need no blood. All they gotta do is snap their fingers. They don't even need Infinity Stones. It's like, listen, we can. We just gotta do it on our own. Yeah, I got the power. Also, I got the leadership. Wanda, you got the words. So all you gotta Mm. do is say whatever. Like we we can do this, but um. Do you, I still like it though, even um Magneto and Professor X. I feel like I feel like they kind of have like a Voldemort and Harry Potter somewhat relationship. Not saying like they want to kill each other, but also thing in Harry Potter when they say both our wands can wound, but it can't fatally harm. And it's like mm-hmm. I can stab you, but I'm gonna stab you in areas where that's no vital organs. It's I really feel like they have that dynamic. Well, they pull their punches. Like it's like and it's not like they have that thing where it's 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 a common superhero supervillain thing where you know like they have Magneto wouldn't kill Charles. That's just not something he no. would he would bring himself to do. And I mean, like there are storylines where he gets mad close. And I'd like to say Xavier wouldn't uh, kill Magneto either. I feel but... like that, yeah, he. There's in that fatal attraction storyline where he removes Wolverine's adamantium from a skeleton. Oh Xavier wipes that dude's mind. He basically puts him in a vegetative state. Like that's what motivates like, him you're to done. erase you're Magneto. Old. And ultimately it doesn't work, you know. That's how Onslaught's created. They join their personalities somehow. Da, 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 da. But his intention was to wipe Magneto's mind completely, which is mad, mad interesting. Uh, however, like it's interesting that I don't think Magneto would do that. I don't and think maybe, he would. If he did, it would be like a crime of passion. Like they, like they got into a fight and he got too deep, and then 
he killed him on accident. You know, like he didn't like like on accident last. It's like, oh, like I would love it if it's like, come on, first you put a bullet in my spine and now you kill me on accident. Like, wow. Like it's And see, that's that's a good example. Like that's Magneto wouldn't have harmed Xavier willingly. It took him being reckless and conceited in his power and throwing a bullet away and that bullet happens to go directly into his friend's back. And that's just like like yeah, you fucking up. You fucking <laughs> up a little bit. I also loved in Last Stand when Pyro said something really disrespectful after Xavier's death. And Magneto really was like hard stop. That man yeah, like, I more than anybody. I will not hear that. Yeah, like, he was and, and that's another like cause he's all about we don't harm mutants. Because, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, it's, we got to have a, a solidarity amongst mutants. And obviously, if you go, go against us, we're going to fight you. But, like, we don't have any motivation to kill you unless you are going to kill us. Yeah. You know, like. A- Magneto, and this is, this is, I really would. It's like almost every storyline, though, Magneto and any of them, even the Phoenix Saga, House of M, no matter what, even storylines, they're not even in together. It's like we can also kind of, oh, I just realized my voice is, well, I was getting really, like, loud. But um, it, it really, like, you can always pull their relationship into any decision they make. Like, I always feel like, yeah, no, no matter what the storyline, it seemed like, oh, the reason why Charles made his decision is because of Eric. Like, he's thinking like Eric. Exactly. It's like, or it's like, what would they do? I can't do that. Or I won't do that. Or yeah. like, most of the time when it comes to either of them, Magneto's like, well, Xavier would choose to do this. And he's a pussy. And then Xavier, <laughs> Xavier would be like, well, Magneto would do that. And he'd be like, Oh, but goddamn, he's brutal. You know, like, like, that's kind of usually what, and it, it's always, it's always interesting to see that they have instincts to think like each other. They often, mm-hmm. they often do that. Uh, and it off, that it, it's what creates such entertaining battles between the two. And that's what creates very interesting fan fiction. <laughs> they want to fuck. They want to fuck. They oh wanna, my goodness. It was one fuck. story when I read when Magneto put like these metal braces around his. <laughs> he was going to say it. Even though we have an R-rated warning on this podcast, that was it's true. A very it was an explicit, interesting scene of him putting metal braces around his feet because Charles can't walk, so certain positions he can't get into. So it's very interesting. But no, um, yeah, yeah, no, that's and that that is that is something that a lot of like a lot of. Viewers and readers can uh, can read into a little bit. There's certainly in some stories a tension that feels <laughs> like it. Like there's a certain obsession amongst the two. You know what I'm saying? It reminds me of yeah. like, a, have you seen Killing Eve? No. There's this. No. Uh, well, it's got a uh, Jodie Comer and Sandra O oh as the two main characters, and they have such an obsession with each other, even though they're on opposing sides. That like, it feels very like. Y'all might love each other. This is weird. And like it's it's one of the most entertaining dynamics I've ever seen in TV. But uh it, it you get a little bit of that with Magneto and Charles Xavier is that like and in some stories there there's a certain Korean 
Yeah, like they've their their back and forth is a little bit like that of people who are in love with each other. Yeah, like even in first class, that scene. I remember my little brother who was some years younger than me, but when first class came out, that was two thousand eleven. Yeah. Very young. He was like, hmm. They seems kind of sus. <laughs> it was just like that scene where he was turning to Atana, just being mm-hmm. like, "Oh, you can do it." He's like, "Are you ready?" And like this, how their dynamic. And that's one of the best. Life. That's one of the best scenes between those two for sure. When, uh, when, and that's something too is that while they have in moments brought out the worst in each other, like. Uh, mm-hmm. Like when Xavier tried to erase his mind or Magneto, I'm I'm sure, has at some point in comic book lore attempted to kill Xavier. It's, there's a lot of comic books. Uh, and even the scene when he was trying to pull the submarine back the first time, like mm. when Charles was like, you're drowned, I can feel your anger. I can feel it, but yeah, come man. on up. Like that was... That... Even me getting right now, I even got goosebumps thinking about that because the emotions, like he is filled with so much hate and Xavier Charles, he felt that. And yeah. Yeah. Even the the his birthday when he even cried, it was just like, he, it's just so much, damn, Eric. <laughs> just like, damn, Eric. Damn. No, like, it, it, it's clear that Xavier they they obviously have a certain degree of uh, a ton of respect for each other uh but mm-hmm. obviously in, in another mm-hmm. another realm uh, a great great deal of love for each other too like no matter how much they fight which is an interesting little aspect of their of their back and forth because they uh, and every story they started as friends every single one of them like that's that's always a part of their a part of their relationship always. they were on always. the same side and eventually their beliefs took them separate ways and, do, you, uh, do you think that because I just thought about this, even though that's a whole different team, do you think Eric and Magneto whole dynamic kind of goes with Mr. Fantastic and Dr. Doom? I'm so, I'm sure there's a certain degree the of like, like how the friendship was. Like yeah, they both, yeah. It's, it's, you know, it was like this, even though it's like a Oh, I mean, that's it's that's a common trope in comics all over the place. I mean, look at right. like a, you're right. Like Peter, Peter Parker and Harry Osborn, like that. That oh, usually culminates, right. yeah. And uh, I mean, that's that's just something you get to double cross quite a bit, or not the double cross, but the uh, the uh, eventual going their separate ways, just because this shit was not going to work out that way. Mm-hmm. This ain't no fairy tale, you know. <laughs> this ain't no fairy tale. <laughs> so it's it's. Oh my god! It's like it's it's so much with them too. Like I really my my brain is actually like traveling and different stuff. Like it's so many like even um, Wolverine and the X Men. I just recently watched that one. Even though I think that show has so much potential, that one scene so good, so good, so good. They did they even did the Phoenix story in that one. So unique, even though that's future thing. But like yeah. everything in that show was so good, so good. But they kind of made Magneto sound feel like he was like an asshole father. Like he he really was coming off like an ass. Well, and that's the thing is that like there are several iterations of Magneto, and even in this trial of Magneto modern storyline, like 
when Quicksilver talks to Magneto about Wanda's death, he he yells at him. He goes, I always knew. Like, I knew it would be you. She was always a failure in your eyes. Da, 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 da. Like she, but she was just, she was just sick. She needed help. Like that, that was Quicksilver's perspective. That on was it. heartbreaking. Quicksilver has so, I would love to see Aaron Taylor Johnson have a scene like that with Magneto when it's just like mm. grief. And it's just like, like, well, like God yeah. damn. Nobody knows that, like, I mean, you look at Foxman, Magneto, and then Wanda Maximoff in the MCU, like, they, they, they've been through it. Like, those two, more than a lot of comic book characters, have been through it. I kind of felt like he bullied, not bullied Wanda, but I felt like he kind of saw himself, like, uh, like how, I felt like the reason why he was really like he was like that to Wanda is because I think he saw a lot of himself in kind of like Wanda, like For being sure. like you're, you're you need help, and I think also the X Men can like that really touched on how families treat mental health, just to be like oh if you say you need help you're crazy you're weak you're you're not depressed you're just weak, and that's very common. So wow, why isn't why did we start with the Avengers? I mean, I know why we started with the Avengers, but like, why did the MCU not go with this? Like, it's so. Well, and that's the thing is, like, I, I, the, all those, all that contract and rights stuff is so annoying. Like, y'all are Marvel. What happened? Yeah, Marvel like, had to go bankrupt. Had, had to go bankrupt and sell rights to a bunch of different properties, but like. But still. Damn. Still. And. It's it's just like because the I really feel like the X Men could really touch on and especially with the platform that the Avengers have right now the Avengers are like you it's like taboo if you even speak ill of their movies at all unless they like everyone agrees to it like mm-hmm. or Dark World and you know stuff like that but if you if the, like the way the X Men treats discrimination um I said discrimination wow discrimination mental health with Wanda. The, like grief, um, like child labor. That's what I would say. Like Professor X is doing with <laughs> child labor. Uh, it's they, they certainly they have the capacity to touch on so many different things just because there's so much there. Like uh, so much. There's so many characters, so many different generations of X Men. Like you just have some. Like you just have a ton of content, and obviously with the with the mutant X gene you get the opportunity to tell stories that are uh about being born a certain way. You mm-hmm. know. Like that's just that's just that uh, comes that comes with it. And I think that uh however it gets adapted uh in the future will be mad interesting. I and I just don't know like there's gotta be some sort of event for my money that like activates the X gene for our MCU. Otherwise it's like where they've been the whole time. It has to be, I don't know, maybe like a radiation event coming from like all of the the timelines or they could yeah. just jump in. It, it would be so fucking iconic if they remade a scene. It, it could be from any movie like that they take between um, Dark Phoenix and 2000s X-Men and it took a scene where it's like it could be McAvoy or Petra Stewart. And all of a sudden, like a thing that's open, and like, whoa, what is this place? Like, if yeah. so, I, I would be like, oh, here we go. I'm at the cry, even though 
Colton. Shame on you, cause you left me out the Spider Man trailer podcast. I ooh, shame. Shame on you. I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> no, it's fine, it's fine. Cause I remember I was texting um Joseph about it and he was just like, Oh, I thought about that. I'm like, dude, I don't care. But, well, here's here's another thing too. Only four people heard it. Oh. And you're one of them. So. Yeah, because I had to like, because I wanted to hear it so bad. I was like, let me, let me get this Patreon. <laughs> but, I um, appreciate that. Oh, man, like, y'all really broke that down. Like, I'm I'm shocked that no one said anything about Sandman, though. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I'm going in. I'm going into you're it. Cool. You're cool. My fault. But, um, you're cool. yeah, that, that was just like so, so, um, if, on, I don't. I don't know. Like, do you have any like other things you want to say? I can. Like, I. I'm like. I'm. I'm kind of. Uh. I, I think we kind of touched on all the basics surrounding Professor X and Magneto for sure. Because one uh, thing I didn't want to do was because there's so many things I do want to say about their relationship and stuff about Professor and stuff about Magneto, but that kind of goes into other characters that we got for the future. Oh, and, and we certainly and we'll certainly get to them. That's why this yeah. was more focused on their dynamic itself, not their effect on a lot of other characters. And I know we d- we dove into yeah. Mystique a little bit, like there, mm-hmm. but she's a really good example of a character who has been on both of their sides. Yeah. Uh, and obviously we'll, uh, we'll, we'll eventually get to some more. Like I know that, uh, when like love stories come up, Magneto's had his, Xavier's had his, like it's like they'll come up again. There's, they're definitely not taboo because we've already talked mm-hmm. about them. Absolutely. So, it would just be like, that's why I didn't want to come into like the whole feeding. We've thing. already got over an hour and a half of content here <laughs> off of Professor X and Magneto. So d- definitely don't feel any pressure to hold anything back for later episodes because, uh, that, that, <laughs> We have plenty to talk about, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they're just, they're just one of my favorite combos in all of comic book lore. And, uh, they were, they were the obvious starting point for, for this, for this podcast. No other dynamic. Like for if you have like, like a split image, like a poster of Iron Man, Captain America or, or, um, Batman Joker. Batman Joker or like if you have that to do Mr. Fantastic, none of them gives me like a chill as much as you see like Professor X like this on one side and Magneto with his helmet. No, yeah. it just gives me and maybe because I'm biased, I don't know, but it's just it just do something. I'm just oh, it gets me all hot and bothered. I don't know how to feel. It's <laughs> because I just want to kiss both of them. Frankly, they both cute as hell. <laughs> No, when I saw Michael, me, because I just started, like, <clears throat> I remember when I was starting my hormones, I saw that, I was just like, woo! But, um, but yeah, but, okay, well, Colton, this, I'm really, I'm telling you, like, this, this whole project of the X-Men, you really are going to have such a love for me. Cause I'm like, this was like really scary. Like now I know how the flow is going to go because I put in, I put in time. I'm telling you, I, I put in time to really trying to understand these comics. Like seriously. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that level of effort. And I, 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 and I mean, 
I hope this really gives you a, a little bit more of a sh- more of an assurance for how these next these next few months are going to go. And uh, obviously, yeah. our next one, I think, <laughs> are we going to stick with the uh, something blue? We're going to go with uh, oh yeah stories around Mystique really... and uh, yeah. Beast and Nightcrawler and uh, I don't know any other any other blue blue folks in the uh, um, in the act? Mystique Nightcrawler um... Beast. Dude, I, I guess Iceman? we could, I was gonna say we might be able to touch on Iceman a little bit. I mean, he's blue a little bit, <laughs> blue. So you know, and, and then also he's, he's is he gay now? Is he gay? Because I remember it's a all new X Men. Gene kind of outed him as gay. So it's like, well, and there's also like, have you seen? There's some interesting ones, and like I know we also had like the romances in the X Men as one of our ideas too. Uh, and that was what was going to be in October. However, I think that if we replace that and we save it for like February, it'd be perfect. That would be amazing. I would love uh, for that to be a February thing. Can we go like, North Star? I think North Star was the first like what gay relationship in Marvel. And then they've got they've got a polyamorous relationship where they solved the whole love triangle thing between Cyclops, Logan, and Jean Grey, and we're just like fuck it, they're all dating. This really could have been like, wow, we really missed the opportunity for June 1st because we really could have touched on so many different type of polyamorous and monogamous and gay. and. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, we'll, we'll be sure to get around to all of it. We'll, we'll be oh, sure. Be I mean, obviously, yeah. we've got we've got a slate here. And I think as of now, the way it stands is that uh, this month was Professor X and Magneto. Uh, month of September will be uh, something blue. We'll be discussing stories involving Mystique, Nightcrawler, Beast, maybe a little Iceman sprinkled in there. We'll see about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then come October, we're talking costume design, character design. That'll be a really fun one. Uh, November is when I know this is the one that Aurora is looking the most forward to for sure. November comes around. That's when we're talking Phoenix, uh, yeah. the Dark Phoenix, uh, the Phoenix Saga, everything Phoenix comes in november and then december the last one we have planned for now uh we're just going to go ahead and we're going to talk about the all the all the foxman films we're going to talk uh we're going to rank them from uh i don't know is there 11 of them now uh including deadpool i wasn't including deadpool but if you want to i am game uh i was thinking like uh because we got the three X-Men, X2, Last Stand, First Class, Apocalypse, uh, Days, Days of Future Past. Path. Then you also got Dark Phoenix. Then you got Logan, X-Men Origins, and Wolverine. Yeah. and Wolverine. And then I guess Deadpool, Deadpool 2, if you want to, if you want to include them. So that'd be 12. Yeah. yeah oh, if, we want, if we want to do, I, I'd, I'd be happy to dedicate an entire episode to Deadpool because. Oh, yes. Ooh. Yeah. That'd be. That maybe 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 we got a January lined up then, but yeah, uh, great, yeah. <laughs> however, if we're going to dedicate a whole episode to Deadpool, maybe we dedicate a whole episode to Wolverine before that. I don't know, but uh, you compare the two, yeah, maybe maybe. Uh, but <laughs> I don't have anything else to say here on uh, Magneto on, Pref- on Professor X. I was uh, extraordinarily happy happy with this uh, Mutants Monthly number one. It was fantastic. Oh yes, and it was so great, especially because. I thought it was going to be like a high school state assessment. So, yeah. <laughs> no, nah, nah, it's never supposed to feel like work. You know? It's <laughs> no. supposed to be fun. No, uh, like, listeners, the way Colton showed that 
notepad of how things was going to go. I thought we was diving into it. I was so intimidated. That's funny because I was just I was just organizing shit for myself, like in my head. Like I was just like, well, this is this stuff covers this stuff. This co- this stuff covers this stuff. Like, and I was just I was just getting myself all all organized. That's funny though. Uh, I, I guess I, I should have made it a little more clear. Uh, I'm so chill now. Yeah, but no, yeah. Now that uh, now that we've got this a little bit more uh, squared away, I'm excited for the next couple days. Me and you are both gonna look for some uh, Mystique Nightcrawler B stories and mm-hmm. come together, throw them together. I think X two will really come into come into play for the Nightcrawler stuff. That's a mm-hmm. big one. But uh, uh, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. And I would stuff. even text you like. You know about Mystique and Nightcrawler. I can even show you some X Men Evolution episodes to look at for that dynamic because okay. they really do play on that heavily, including Rogue. But I know mm. we're strictly blue, so yeah. I got you. I got you. Uh, but hell yeah, this was the Penny Bloom podcast. It was Mutants Monthly number one. I was Colton Robertson, and I was joined by Aurora Carter. Thank you very much. Thank you. I can't wait to be back in, in the end of September. End of September, yeah, and uh, who knows if this, if it keeps going so well and we keep getting listeners, maybe we make it a bi-weekly thing or maybe even weekly eventually. However, we have a lot of content to cover. That's why I was kind of comfortable with the monthly thing. Because uh, <laughs> there's a lot of X-Men content. A lot. Yeah, a ton of it. Uh, but yeah, hell yeah. So uh, head to patreon.com slash Bloom where you'll find uh, over 16, maybe even 17 hours of exclusive content at this point. I also make uh, some artwork that I post up over there. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's available nowhere else. It's the only place you'll find it. That's the meaning of exclusive. You can head over to uh, Twitter and follow at Penny Bloom Pod and follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast and uh, come back next month for Mutants Monthly number two where we'll be talking something blue. And uh, remember, peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves.